From WLWT, this is Let's Talk Cincy, presented by Western and Southern Financial Group. Put our financial strength behind you. Finding the light in the midst of this pandemic. Welcome to Let's Talk Cincy. I'm Alexis Rogers. Things are changing at such a rapid rate, but a few things that are constant in each community are their sense of resolve as well as their goodness. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. Don't do the journey alone. You need people, you need a village and others supporting you because at the end of the day, we all help each other. Everywhere, and it was truly a celebration. This is a surprise. I never did expect nothing like this. All I know to say is thank you for coming, and I didn't think you thought that much of me, but I guess they think a little of me. Healing today is mine. He taught me to smile on bad days. <laughs> that no day is not worth fighting for. <laughs> if there's one word that I could use to describe him, it would be unstoppable. Figuring out a new normal is everyone's collective reality. COVID-19 caused abrupt changes when it came to the healthcare field, especially for those who were already on health journeys of their own. No matter the procedure, big or small, it looks a little different. For some, their time during quarantine has been a matter of life and death. Something can change just like that. Sean Davis has been on the list for a new liver since the fall. That's been a, uh, a big problem in April. The donation rate was down about 30 to 40 percent around the country. And part of that is, and it's unclear why donation was down. Then the morning of Easter, everything changed. My wife and kids ended up driving me to the hospital and dropping me off at the front door. That was probably the scariest moment of the whole process, was just being dropped off at the hospital front door and having to walk in there with no one. Life-saving surgeries during this pandemic is uncharted territory. Protocols are ever-changing. As a community, we have come to the conclusion that we should not use donors that are COVID positive. So we don't pursue those. With other hospitals at capacity around the nation, Davis was able to get a liver in Cincinnati, making for a unique experience. I was I was taken to different departments a couple of times. Like if I had to go get some uh, some x-rays done, something like that, the hospital was completely empty. It's the humanity in spite of it all that is sticking with Davis. Every person he encountered who went above and beyond. They called my family twice a day while I was in the hospital to check in. As healthcare workers continue to battle the pandemic on the front line, Davis says this is an experience he will never forget. And I can't tell the difference between yesterday and today, but the difference between today and last week is night and day. With many people having more time at home, they're getting a chance to enjoy their neighborhoods more. The residents over in Evanston say they have a gym that's worth fighting for even in the midst of the pandemic. 
The site of St. Mark Church has come to signify home for residents like James Stallworth. When everything was up together and moving, I missed the crowd that they had over here on Sundays, mornings, the events they would have over here and how nice they would be, the events would be held over here. I missed that. The building has been vacant for 10 years. It used to be a vibrant place for worship, education, and celebrations. So the building is over 100 years old. It was based off of two similar churches in Rome, Italy, which still stand today and have been standing for over 900 years. And if you look at the pictures, they're almost twins. It's um, the stained glass and some of the marble features have been here forever and are famous around the world. Now supporters want to turn it into a community center. A civic pride thing, something that makes us proud to be Cincinnatians and, and proud to be Evanstonians, um, but also something that we know uh, can really serve our, our neighborhood in a, in a really powerful way. The goal is to turn it into a premier hub for the arts, events, community work, and more. It would be great if we could get this restored back to where it used to be, and the older people would have somewhere to look back and say, hmm, this is still a part of Everston. A sense of pride in this neighborhood, even in the midst of a pandemic. After all of this is over, community will be more important then, now, than it was before. We all learned uh, during the lockdown how important and wonderful it is to be with people. And so Saving St. Mark will uh, give us a place to be with each other again, which is a beautiful thing. Their first goal is to raise about $100,000 in the first round of fundraising to just stabilize that building. And of course, many people are very excited about that. Many of us have been focused on helping small businesses during this time. Still ahead on Let's Talk Cincy, how some of those small businesses are trying to pay that kindness forward. practitioner out of Westchester just made her way back home after spending two weeks in New York City caring for COVID-19 patients. Her decision for going is rooted in emotion. This is like the first time I really wanted to do something since he's been gone that I really had that gumption to to want to step out and do something. Debbie Steele says it was her son's memory that moved her to help COVID-19 patients at Columbia University Hospital in New York City the past few weeks. Her son, Mark Valentine, was 18 years old when he was killed in a crash four years ago. On April 23rd, the Kettering Medical Center nurse practitioner found herself in Upper Manhattan side by side with other nurses and physicians working 12-hour shifts. Debbie says she covered an area where 86 patients were in operating rooms acting as overflows with three COVID-19 patients on ventilators in each room. She says her critical care background helped prepare her. That was emotional to see somebody coming off a ventilator and, and doing well. It was also emotional to see people that were staying on the ventilator, that were being prone, that were not doing so well, that were going into kidney failure and, and multi-system failure. She says two patients she knew died. Debbie says those family phone calls were hard, but the prayers were endless. She will never forget the free meals delivered, the letters of hope, the thank you messages displayed up high and on the ground, or the hugs from those also determined to help. Most of all, she'll never forget Mark, whose spirit gave her the strength to go. His name lives on, and his as long as I live, I mean, his... His life has meaning and will continue to, and to me this is an example of how that is put into practice. 
We've been encouraging so many of you to support your local businesses, the restaurants, the stores. We caught up with a local business owner out of Loveland who says that it's not only his responsibility to help himself, but to help his neighbor too. In Loveland. Loveland's a gem. It's just a hidden gem. Unity is what's keeping the business community alive. Uh, we've been fortunate enough to be able to stay open as an essential business, but you know, a lot of the people we know and come in have had to close their businesses totally. Places like Hometown Cafe is living up to its name. Business is slower than normal, but owner Jimmy Hooper says they have a lot to be thankful for. I mean, we look at the other small businesses as our neighbors here down in Loveland. Hooper says the cafe will not only help others survive, but thrive too. The cafe's weekend sales goes to businesses that need them throughout the blessing of the brunch box. You pre-order uh, up till Thursday and it's a breakfast for four that you will come on Saturday or Sunday mornings and pick them up. And we uh, take $5 of the profits and we give them to the local business that we've chosen that week. Now neighbors like the Busy Bee. We've been in business for about 15 years and our customers are used to buying our jewelry. Can continue focusing on staying busy. They are the nicest people in the world. Um, we actually didn't even know they were going to do it until they did it. <laughs> it was such a nice surprise for us. A tasty reminder. Just, you know, praying that it's going to be over soon. That neighborly support goes a long way. I think the way to not get frustrated is to take it a day at a time. Such a cool initiative, and the folks up north in Springboro thought of something very similar. They created an online movement called Loco for Local. Getting some food out, supporting local. Creating a sense of family in Springboro, one shout out at a time. Good friends Jim Hollis and Steve Rudisil created an online movement called Loco for Local. So guys, tell me a little bit about this. Whose idea was this anyway? Steve posted a video. It was hysterical. It was moving. And I commented to him. And it was a matter of who could type fastest saying, we should do something like this in town. Every post. So come on in and see some of the cool things that are happening. Is a way to support Springboro heroes, businesses, and community services. Humanity is under is underrated. It's it, there's a lot more good people than bad people, and so you put some good out there, and you just kind of give some encouragement. It's amazing how quickly that can spread. Hollis even created trading cards of local frontline workers. Yeah, we just <laughs> wanted to do small bios on nurses and and postal workers and the police and firefighters and you know garbage men and you name it. The group continues to grow, showing what connects us is far more than being physically close. Uh, these are the people, same people that have lovingly supported sports teams and churches and, and given uh, freely and out of love um, to, uh, to, to let our, our, our dreams happen. And, and it's the least we could do is to kind of go back to them and make sure that they exist when this is over. And that's what I call a cool movement. Using creativity to keep each other encouraged and safe. Next on Let's Talk Cincy, how volunteers are changing their environments around them to help others. Hi there, and welcome back. We have some amazing people in our community. 
Since the moment he was born, a local teenager was told that he would never walk, he would never talk, he would never do the things that a normal boy his age would do. But he has been defying the odds ever since. And every step of the way with his family, faith and friends, he continues to conquer obstacles, even in the midst of the pandemic. There have been a lot of bright days in Zach Crawford's life. But Zach was born into this world under a dark cloud. And I just remember out of the corner of my eye seeing them pounding on him and trying to get him to breathe. Born seven and a half weeks early, Zach had a stroke at birth. I just remember thinking, I've got to take this baby home. And I've got to play the funeral. So they handed him to Rodney and we were just kissing him and kissing him and kissing him. And he just opened up his mouth and gasped for air. But a doctor's prognosis was grim. He said, if he makes it to be six months old, I'll be shocked. And I said, let's do what we do best. Let's fight. One year later, the Crawfords celebrated Zach's first birthday, then kindergarten graduation. Here's Zach turning 11. They said, you know, he'd never walk, he'd never talk, he'd never do this. And we beat it and we beat it and we beat it. Defying all the odds, Zach, who has cerebral palsy, is now a senior at North Adams High School. A milestone so important to the Crawford family because they weren't supposed to see this day. And here we are. Due to the health crisis, so much of what Zach and all of his classmates look forward to was taken from them. But faith, family, and community are giving it back. With his sister Michaela as his date, his family threw Zach a prom. We took our little front porch and we decorated it up from one end to the other. In that moment, I was like, this means the world to him. No. It meant everything. Also bringing Zach's smiles and his family's strength, the love they are receiving from the Adams County community. Through an Adopt-A-Senior program, this is your guitar. Zach has been showered with gifts and cards. I'm just so happy to get them like every day. And I'm so grateful that people are stepping in and doing these things because they mean everything to families like us. Even though Zach won't get to walk with the rest of his class this weekend. I couldn't imagine my life without him. <laughs> his family will be by his side. He's taught me to smile on bad days. <laughs> that no day is not worth fighting for. The love of his family and community making a difference. You have no idea what this means to me. During a dark time in all of our lives, the sun has found its way in. Absolutely amazing. We know that masks are in a high demand right now, and a local group is kicking butt and taking names when it comes to providing for those right here at home. Local heroes helping heroes. With a needle and fabric, it's a battle for health and safety that So Masks for Cincy is fighting to win. So the impact that our city, that Cincinnati has had, even internationally, has been incredible. They've sewn 10,000 masks in just 30 days. I mean, I didn't realize I got an email from Australia that a hospital in Australia was using sew masks for Cincy as the American standard for sewing masks. I mean, I was I was blown out of the water by that. Creator of the group, Esther Kang, says the group is taking it up a notch. 
So once a month, we're going to have free sewing kits that will be between, they'll range from 2,500 masks to 5,000 masks. So it's a pretty broad range. <laughs> it's a lot of masks. Um, and they will have two weeks to complete the masks and return them back to our Crossroads drop-off sites. The masks go straight to those fighting to keep folks safe. I mean, we have a wait list of over 100 frontline facilities. We know their needs. We know we know who to give it to. Crafting each mask becomes like medicine in more ways than one. And with working on Sew Masks for Cincy, I've heard from a lot of people that it has given them an outlet to release their anxiety and to release the frustration of what can I do? I, I don't know what to do. I'm stuck inside my house. Can I do anything? This hobby, I think it's incredible the effort, continues to grow into quite the magical movement. Such an awesome effort. And check this out, a real giving tree in Pleasant Ridge also providing masks to anyone who needs one. Kate Doolittle attached a bin to the tree in her neighborhood where people can donate their used fabric. Kate then uses the fabric to sew masks and hang them on the tree. They're all in Ziploc bags and labeled adult or child. Kate says that she just started this a few weeks ago and she has already made 250 masks. So many folks are going through a hard time right now, but thanks to the sisterhood of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, one of their sisters felt all the love that she needed. Lisa Marchand fought back tears in her driveway Sunday, emotional and hopeful as she watched her Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority sisters put on this surprise parade. Lisa has been fighting cancer since December, hopeful that fight is almost over feeling prayers one car at a time, one day before a test that will hopefully tell her she's in remission. Because of social distancing, we can't put hands on hugs to her, so we decided to do an encouragement parade. We felt that this was the best way to let her know how much we loved her and how much we are praying for her healing. No battle are you fighting on your own, and just to have all of them here letting me know that they're thinking about me, they're praying about me, and the drive through the neighborhood, just saying, we got you, and, and our thoughts. I just cried, I couldn't, the emotion was overwhelming, and uh, I just was filled all over with just joy and just happiness. And as you can see, Lisa's family, friends, and sorority sisters filling her street with love to show her she is not alone on this journey, and Lisa has a strong, meaningful message for them. Healing is mine. Healing is mine. I mean, my message is definitely I, I'm, I'm very thankful and I appreciate them for what they did, especially on Mother's Day. A lot of them are mothers and they took time out to come and see me. And, and, and my message would be anyone that's dealing with cancer or any kind of illness to know you don't do the journey alone. You need people, you need a village and others supporting you because at the end of the day, we all help each other. And Lisa says she will know her test results on Wednesday and her sorority sisters are hopeful they can have an even bigger celebration when she hears she is cancer free. Four local artists are leading this cause by creating signage art and hosting digital community poetry and performances. Also creating coloring pages for all ages to illustrate the things that people are doing at home. Also creating deep listening pairs between people of different viewpoints on current public health practice of staying home and physical distancing.
Speaking of keeping people inspired, artists need inspiration too. Artworks rolled out their Jumpstart program for emerging artists. Five artists who are 26 years or older will receive $5,000 in project stipends. The hope is that these emerging local artists will be supported as they create community-based art that helps address social and civic challenge. The purpose of all of these efforts is for the community to share important messages with one another in a unique way. Thanks, thanks, everything. Thanks, thanks, and ever thanks. That's from Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. Thank you so much, and we hope you give today. One of the hardest parts of this quarantine is not being able to spend time with our loved ones. Next on Let's Talk Cincy, the unique solution one local nursing home has found to bring families back together. Becoming reconnected again, it's important to all of us and one Ohio nursing home has found a way to reconnect their residents with their families in a safe way. I think it's Friday, they're opening hairdressers. Precious time just catching up. Months since 92 year old Bob Sewell has seen his son Mike and daughter-in-law Monique face to face. He used to come up and see me every Sunday. I miss that. As coronavirus tears through nursing facilities coast to coast, the Kenwood by Senior Star stopped visitation to keep its 300 residents safe. I go down the end of the hallway and sit there, look out the window, and look at the cars going up and down Kenwood Road, and wishing I was out there. Today, some of Bob's favorite people finally got to come in. I had to ask them who they were. The jokes and pure joy masks can't contain. This window to the heart, keeping them safely separate, yet closer than they've been in months. The see-through barrier reflecting one heartfelt reunion after another. He doesn't understand, you know, Facebook or FaceTime, so this was very helpful to get him reconnected with the outside world. An escape even without hugs or hands held. We do talk to her a lot, but it's just good to get an eye on her and just make sure she's doing well. Katie Milam's mom, Gloria, has been watching a lot of game shows. I can win some big bucks. She misses sports and going out for lunch. Hey, everybody has to give up something. Forever going to beat this deal. <laughs> Taking a pandemic one day at a time just got a little easier. We're here for him and we're going to be here for him. <laughs> You couldn't pay me enough not to see them. Thank you so much for joining us for this edition of Let's Talk Cincy. We want to hear from you. Email us all of your ideas at ltc at wlwt.com. You can also see full episodes and stories from Let's Talk Cincy by going to the menu tab of wlwt.com and clicking on Let's Talk Cincy. Of course, we'll see you next week for another Let's Talk Cincy. And remember, stay encouraged. <laughs>